Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Saturday, the 17th of December, as the Flyers will be back in action tonight, back at home, as a matter of fact, when they face the New York Rangers. Coming off that 2-1 win over the New Jersey Devils on Thursday night, where Carter Hart made 48 saves on 49 shots, and the Flyers get the Rangers tonight. They played the Rangers earlier this season in Madison Square Garden. Matter of fact, they're only tripped to Madison Square Garden this year, which kind of is a travesty unto itself that they only go to the Garden once. But we get the Rangers twice here in Philadelphia. When the Flyers played in New York against the Rangers, it was that one nothing overtime win for the New York Rangers. Shesterkin got the save. Shesterkin got the shutout on 19 saves. Carter Hart made 35 saves, but came away with the loss. One nothing overtime loss. Rarity in the NHL. Flyers were outshot in the game 36-19. to The Rangers are a team that's had an interesting season so far. Kind of scuffling along for the most of it, but of late, starting to play some really good hockey. They've got themselves a five-game winning streak. Points in six of their last seven. Seven of their last eight, as a matter of fact. In the five-game uh, winning streak, they had beat St. Louis at home. They went to Vegas and beat the Golden Knights 5-1. to They went to Colorado, won the shootout 2-1 to over the Avalanche. Got a 4-3 overtime win back in Madison Square Garden. And on Thursday night, they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-1. to So it's the Flyers and the Rangers tonight. Who's leading the Rangers in points? Well, you can probably figure that out. Well, not really not, because there's three guys that could kind of vie for that title. Of course, Artemi Panarin, who is leading them in points with six goals and 29 assists, 15 power play assists for Artemi Panarin. That is a monster, a monster number of power play assists this early in the season. That is a stunning number. The Rangers power play is ranked 12th in the NHL. It clicks at 23.5%, and Panarin certainly a huge part of that. Zibanejad. 15 goals, 18 assists, 33 points in 31 games. He's got 10 power play goals. Boy, sounds like Panarin to Zibanejad on the power play. That's what's getting it done. Adam Fox, third in points with 31 through 31 games, 7 goals, 24 assists. And Chris Kreider, 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points on the season at this point. Uh, The Rangers, obviously, they get great goaltending. They did last year. Vesna winner Igor Shosturkin. How about in 23 games this year? 15-4-4, a 2-4-5 goals against average, and a 9-17 save percentage. Back up there now is Yaro Halak. Was in Vancouver last year. Of course, played many years in Montreal. Been a little bit all over the place. Yaro Halak, the Islanders. And uh, we'll see. It's probably going to be Hart versus Shesterkin tonight as the Flyers look to string two wins together in a row against the New York Rangers. But in this episode, the topic of discussion will lead us into a direct message I got on Twitter. But where it starts is now that we've had a day to decompress on it, got the win against the Devils, Hart was great in the game, 2-1 win. But the big storyline, now that the win is faded and the remnants of the game becomes the storyline that Kevin Hayes was benched for the entirety of the third period. That was a 1-1 game after two periods of play. And John Tortorella did not put his top point man on the ice for the remainder of the third period. Did not see a single shift. I think Torts didn't like that turnover that happened just inside the Devil Blue line that led to a 2-on-1 penalty earlier in the game. And when you look back at the last five games, four games for Kevin Hayes, 
He has not been playing his best hockey. He's a player that will come and go in production, in points, runs hot, runs cold. Uh, But it's what he does when he's cold that makes him a net positive player. Some players, when they're not scoring points, can still be net positive. I think Noah Cates is one of those guys, which we'll get to coming up in the uh, direct message as well. But in the four games, last four games, the Vegas game, the Flyers lost 2-1 to one in overtime, and Hayes didn't have a particularly good night, had the turnover that led to the goal that gave Vegas the win in overtime. Against the Arizona Coyotes, did not have a great night there as well, ended up with no points, had a goal against Colorado, had an assist against Colorado, played a decent game, wasn't spectacular, 20 minutes of ice time. And then in the New Jersey game, he only played 9 minutes and 47 seconds, 15 shifts, and didn't see any shifts in the third period. So where does this go from here? We're 31 games into the season. Kevin Hayes is a veteran in the NHL, been in the league a long time. And he's a guy that is 30 years of age right now. And, you know, a guy that you're probably not going to change a lot of his habits. At 30 you kind of are what you are. You're not that lump of clay anymore that can be molded. I think John Tortorella realizes that as well, which is why he moved Hayes out of the center position, put a defensively responsible center in Noah Cates with him for the most part, and put him on the wing to, again, mitigate his weaknesses of defending and in the D zone and the center responsibility in the D zone and then accentuating what he is good at generating points, generating offense, working off the walls, and creating plays in the offensive zone. Now, that's not going to be a magic elixir that's going to fix some of the the habits that are in Kevin Hayes' game that John Tortorella doesn't appreciate, but it's going to mitigate them more often than not. And it has mitigated them more often than not. I don't think we can ignore the fact that Kevin Hayes is the leading point guy, pretty much a point-per-game player for the Flyers this season on a team that doesn't drive a ton of offense. He's provided it. But when he's not providing the offense, is he a net positive player or net negative player? That's the thing. I think that's the rub. Now, when Kevin Hayes was benched earlier this season, it was early in the year. It was the sixth game of the season against the San Jose Sharks. Flyers ended up losing that game 3 to nothing. I think they were down 2 nothing. After two periods of play, he and Konechny didn't play the third period. Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philly put out this tweet yesterday, and he said, I wonder if Kevin Hayes will seek out John Tortorella for a discussion after last night's third period benching. It was game 31. He said, when it happened in the sixth game of the season, the San Jose game, I asked him if he would seek out the coach after something like that. Now, we know Travis Konechny did go to John Tortorella and wanted to have a conversation. Why didn't you play me? What What do I need to do? Some players go to the coach, some don't, and both are fine. Here's what Kevin Hayes said after that game back on October 27th. He said, I don't think I would seek out a coach in game six. I don't think that's the right timing. He's a new coach. We're getting to know each other. I would be a little more concerned if it was game 30, or I'd probably seek him out then. Game six, it's early in the season. I think I'm doing some things the correct way. We haven't talked too much, but I think that's a good thing. So that's Kevin Hayes after the benching on October 27th, Game 6 of the season. Now, on Thursday, he was benched in Game 31. Does he seek out the coach on this occasion? Because not only is it that he was benched in Game 31, 
but it's also the second time this season. We're not at the midway point. Again, this is your leading point getter on the team, a team that is starved for offense. And it's a big statement when you put a veteran of Kevin Hayes' stature, a guy who's as well-liked and respected in the room, and a guy who has been producing for the most part this season on the bench for the third period in a 1-1 hockey game when that third period started. So where does this go from here? That's the question. I don't know the answer to it. It can go a number of different ways. I don't think John Tortorella is at this point in his coaching career where he was when he was much younger in his coaching career where he would find a hill to die on. I don't think he's into doing that. I think he knows that there's some things about Kevin Hayes' game that he's going to have to live with. He's trying to mitigate that by putting him on the wing and giving him more offensive zone starts. Earlier in his career, he may have died on that hill to make him do exactly what he wanted as a center in the D zone or he was going to sit him down every time. I don't think that's the case here. But where this goes from here is a huge question mark because there's term left on Kevin Hayes' contract. Again, he's a big figure, a big personality, the leading point getter on the team. Where does this go from here? Does it get accelerated between the two of them and get worse? Does it get worse before it gets better? Does his play turn immediately to something more liking of the head coach? I have no clue. But this is, to me, a very big storyline with this Flyers team right now. A huge storyline. And we'll see where it kind of goes and what twists and turns it may end up taking. I think it's going to be fascinating. You know, Torts has made it very clear from the minute he was hired that nobody was immune to accountability. And he's proven that to be true. All right, let's get to this direct message from uh, Roman the Empire on Twitter. He sent me this the other day, and he said, Hey, Jason, I've been wanting to get to this, so it took me a couple days, but here it is. He said, Hey, Jason, I've been listening to your Flyers Daily Podcast since day one. It's a great show, and my favorite Flyers news source. Keep up the great work. First of all, thank you. He continues, Regarding uh, the game against Vegas, and really just in general, have you noticed that Torts seems to be playing favorites with Cates over Morgan Frost? He said, Don't get me wrong. I like Cates, and I hope he develops into a good player for this organization, but Frost has solidified his defensive game, plus has been making a lot more offensive plays and scoring chances on a consistent basis recently. He's playing better than Cates, but Torts is giving Cates the top-line minutes at center. Cates didn't deserve to be out there in overtime against Vegas over Frost. Frost is knocking on the door offensively and just seems a bit snake-bitten at this point. He said when Konechny came back from injury, he gave Frost one game with him on the top line. They had multiple quality scoring chances and created nice offensive plays. The very next game, Torts drops Frost down to the third line and put Kate, puts Cates on the top line where he hasn't shown anything offensively whatsoever with our top two point scorers next to him. That would be Konechny and Kevin Hayes. He said Cates has been on the top line since despite not producing any offense for the most part. It seems like Torts is playing favorites and it's holding them back. Although Frost, JVR, and McEwen played well uh, in the Vegas game, Frost deserves the extra offensive looks over Cates, like, for example, against Vegas in overtime. They could have won that game. He said, so in general, what I'm saying is the moment Frost shows any spark with any of our top offensive players, Torts drops him down and puts Cates in his spot. Where Cates doesn't play as well offensively, it holds our offense back, and Torts has done this multiple times already, 
and it's very annoying. First of all, Roman, thank you for the uh, direct message. And it's a very interesting one because I don't think this is him towards playing favorites. The two players, Noah Cates and Morgan Frost, are monumentally different. I mean, they're so different as players. Frost has a high-end offensive skill player that hit the four-point game, has certainly, like you said, shown more flashes and more creativity and more willingness to generate offense. Noah Cates knows that his role on this team is not offense. Torch has talked about this with us when we meet with him before games. His role on this team is to lock down the D zone and free up guys like Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes. He wants Noah Cates to take over that burden of D zone coverage down low and all of those elements to open up Hayes and Konechny as finishers. If Morgan Frost was finishing more, he, I think he would get into a position where he'd be playing with players like Konechny and Hayes more often. That hasn't been the case. Now, he did find some chemistry, obviously, with JVR and Owen Tippett. But for the most part, this is about how you build four lines, not how you build one. Yeah, Frost has gotten better defensively. He's not nearly as good defensively as Noah Cates. The detail that Noah Cates plays with in the D zone, great stick. Also in the neutral zone. That's where I think Noah Cates, I think that's his best zone, to be honest with you. Take the two points out that he had against the Devils. His job right now is not to generate offense. His job is to lighten the load of Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny to provide offense. And I think it's more of a slotting thing than it is playing favorites. That's just how I say it. Also, when it comes to, to Cates and Frost, I think one player carries a much larger question mark over his head about being a solution player for this team going forward. The bigger question mark to me is clearly Morgan Frost. I mean, he shows these flashes and Torch wants to see more consistency out of him. And maybe it does get fully unlocked. Noah Cates, to me, looks like a guy right now that I go on a good team. He's a good 3C. Once he learns the center position even more, and he's going to have all this season to do it, he'll get better at faceoffs. But because of the detail and the responsible play, I say he's a, he's a hockey player, a forward with a conscience. <laughs> he, he does things properly to defend. And sometimes your offensive players need that guy on their line because that frees them up to be more creative, to take a little risk offensively. Because like I always say, you have to incur risk to get reward. You have to incur risk to generate good scoring chances. And if two players are going to incur some risk, uh, Hayes and Konechny, you got to know that you got a guy on your line that's going to be there defensively when when that risk goes wrong and he's there to bail you out. And you know that he's going to be in that defensive posture. I think that's important. Maybe they score more points with Frost there. They need scoring. They've tried everything. I mean, I can't even keep track of the lines this year. They've been juggled so many times. Let's just say Torts is not a subscriber. You know, the old saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Torts doesn't just keep rolling out the same lines. He juggles them up. We've seen just about every combination you can think of offensively, defensively on this team 31 games in. So I don't think it's playing favorites. 
I think it's, I mean, you see when Cates is out there too at the end of a game, in a tight game, when they need to defend a one-goal lead. He puts him in, he's got a lot of trust in that player, a lot of trust. And for a young player, you know, that's something that is not easy to earn. But Noah Cates has done the right things, and it has earned that uh, from John Tortorella at this point. Morgan Frost, not quite there yet when it comes to that trust. All right, Flyers-Rangers tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow. It'll be another brand-new edition of Flyers Daily. So, everybody, enjoy your hockey tonight. Flyers-Rags at the Wells Fargo Center, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily. There's a port on a western bay, and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away and talk about their home.